welcome to another Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here. Hope you're all having a great week. Today's guest is the gorgeous Katrina Bryan. Katrina is a Scottish actress and since graduating um, from QM, that's Queen Margaret for those of you who are not in Scotland, um, has had a varied career and in this episode we talk all about that. We also talk about being true to yourself and your own voice and also a really important um, conversation that we have is what happens to us as people in the arts, performers, stagecrafts, crew, uh, designers, directors, all of us that are self-employed, what happens if you become unwell and are we making sure that we are taking care of ourselves and protecting ourselves in that way? And I think that this is a really important episode for everybody to hear things about this. So I hope that you find some useful information in it, as well as just listening to the joyous and um, full of verve and life that Katrina is. It's It was a lovely episode. We recorded this um, back at the end of October of last year in um, the National Theatre in London. It is quite noisy. We were up the stairs and at one point um, a matinee of a show comes out so there's a lot of noise. So just imagine, as you did in the festival, that you are there with us and um, hopefully you can hear it. I, for some reason, sound very quiet on this podcast as well. Highly unlike me, as we all know. Anyway, sit back, get a wee cup of tea and enjoy. Hey everybody, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty. Today I am joined with Scottish actress and wonderful human being, Katrina Bryan. We are recording at the National Theatre in London in the Littleton um, Bar. So if you do hear any noise, just imagine that you're sitting here with us having a wee <laughs> cup of tea. Hello Katrina! Hello, you alright? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank good. you. Thank you so much for joining us, we're very excited to have you. Thank you. Good, so we're just going to start with your kind of career I nearly said the journey word this is going to be my real <laughs> on these podcasts is me trying to avoid saying the journey um, yeah so tell everybody where you started training what your career has led you to at this point yeah okay doc wow right so I went to Queen Margaret University College the university is often optional <laughs> when I started it wasn't university college but um, it changed afterwards so I started yeah. adding that as well it is, right? it is yeah so I got an acting degree then, um, and I hadn't done any drama before then at school. I'm from Dumfries and Galloway, a wee town called Gatehouse of Fleet. I went to school in Kirkcubri Academy. Great school, but they don't do, or they didn't, it was a while ago now, uh, <laughs> they didn't do like uh, higher drama or anything okay. like that. So I kind of, through school shows, found my way to uh, QM, which was brilliant. And then after that, um, Got off to a not bad start. Got some really lovely theatre gigs um, at the Brunton in Musselburgh, um, and then at the Tron in Glasgow. Um, and I think I was kind of job an actor and doing lots of temp and stuff as well. Um, as we all have to do. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. It's not... It saved me mentally yeah. and financially. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just having somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I got a gig when I was about 26. I went for an audition for a new CBBS show, and I hadn't done any children's. I hadn't specifically been aiming towards that. Yeah. Um, but of course, as sometimes I think you find, I had started to get more. If I'd go for lots of auditions, and get the ones that tended to aim towards kids, you're like, all oh, right, okay, so maybe that's what I'm good at. And then I got that gig, and the show is Nina and the Neurons. Yes. Oh my God, I did it for like 10 years. No, sorry, nine years, ten series. Oh, wow. That's what confuses me. Nine years. Oh, my God. Like Amazing. 
I never thought in a million years I'd end up doing something like that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took my career off on this tangent that I hadn't planned. Mm-hmm. But, oh my God, it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been so great. It's given me so many cool opportunities. And, of course, that's the thing. I had didn't realise that's where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But it's because it was where I was... I was better at that type of thing, working with kids, and I just got it. You yeah. know, that level of energy needed and the humour and, and it not being too serious, it just fitted me so well. Yeah. And um, so I did that up till about 2015. Mm-hmm. Oh, in between that, I got a wee part in Taggart. Oh, Taggart. Oh, my God. It's, I've seen this <laughs> to somebody recently. Taggart is a loss, not only for all our... Um, a te- technical and crew um, that worked on Tiger oh. for so many years, yeah. casting, film, ADs, etc., yeah, yeah. etc. Et but most Scottish actors had at least one role yes. in Tiger, and it was like a good way of like learning so much. And now our younger, or those of those that are graduating of their last few years, aren't getting that experience. Yeah, in a way, like regardless of what was happening happening in terms of casting wise, you nearly could depend on Taggart coming round every yeah. year, maybe twice a year, of course for the episodes, you know, maybe a couple of months they'd be auditioning for different episodes, so mm-hmm. it totally was yeah. a chance. And I think I auditioned about three times for different uh, sizes of roles, um, and then finally I got a chance to audition for the, oh, what's the word? <laughs> the are coroner. You, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the right word that it's they used. I was going to say paleontologist, that's completely wrong. <laughs> Katrina was dealing with it. I like uh, big dinosaurs. words beginning with P. Anthropologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. People ask if I'm a real scientist, and then I tell them I can't mind the word. <laughs> so you've played two scientists. You played Nina. Honestly, and, yeah. Clearly, I look more clever than I actually am. <laughs> but yeah, so that was brilliant. I got to do that for about um, about two years. It wasn't a huge amount of screen time, mm-hmm. but. You know, it was, it was great to finally get so that. So when you were doing that, who... It was obviously Alex Norton was yes. in it at that point as well. Because who did they bring in towards the end? Was Siobhan Redmond in it at that point? Because remember it got to, there no, was a bit of a shake-up. No, up. that's that, right. I think the last series, they kind of changed it quite a lot and I didn't make the cut for that one. How rude. <laughs> oh, How rude, was, STD. Was <laughs> they brought in a guy. I was like, oh, oh I know. <laughs> Difficult. Oh, we're just going to oh. pause there, guys, while... Um, the wonderful <laughs> actors on the Littleton stage get a wee round of applause. What a large round of applause. Do we think these, the audience are coming out this way? You might hear a yeah, stampede so in a minute. Maybe. Just have a wee... Oh, they're really going for it. They clearly enjoy the performance. Uh, that's um, Lindsay Duncan and yeah. man we can't remember his name. It's going to come to me in it, like halfway oh, through this. He, it keeps, yeah. it keeps, like, he was really good as well. Did you watch uh, Unforgotten? On ITV oh, with no, Walker, it. so the last series of that, he's yeah. in it. Amazing. And he was <coughs> Willy Wonka in Drury Lane, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. Very, not the original one, but um, written um, by David Gregg. Our, yep, our artistic director of the last scene. My favourite part is this, is there's a wee couple of guys watching the screen in the Littleton bar and they're just like having cheers and everything and now. I know. So they basically got to watch it for free. <laughs> I'd, well done that couple. If that's, I don't know if that is a thing, but I am now going to do that. I mean, I'm like, great. <laughs> I am so glad. For, that could be a new podcast, Foyers of the Country. Um, hello, place. welcome to Foyer <laughs> of an expensive theatre I can't afford to pay a ticket for. I can't come here, although to be fair to the National. 
we do do a good price. Oh yes, so we'll give them that. And there is audience coming out, but actually, let's just go for it and see yeah, what okay. happens. So yeah, you were replaced by a man. How yes. I know, although when it comes to that particular role in Tiger, it had been, I think, boy, girl, boy, girl. <laughs> nearly. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, I, oh, I replaced Michael McKenzie and he never lets me uh, live that down. <laughs> <laughs> because I think he'd been on holiday, that's why they had to recast. <laughs> so I lucked out there. But um, but yeah, and then um, since then I've sort of had a bit of a quiet patch. As we all do. Yeah, I actually was a bit poorly for a while. Yeah, I was uh, diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma at the beginning of 2017. God, it's so long ago, and I'm actually just two years in remission, Amazing. which is great. You know, let's touch all yeah, the wood. Touch all the wood. Touch all the, the wood. Yeah. Um, so that was rough and mm-hmm. rubbish. Um, but after that, it took a while for me to sort of feel. Of course, I didn't work for a year. Mm-hmm. Like literally, didn't do anything. It was really tough. Of course, I kept saying to my agent, look, I can do voiceovers, but, you know, I think people don't want to burden you, even though you're like, no, please, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would like to be making some money. Mm -hmm. And of course, you had to do... (laughs) You were ill. That's the sort of weird thing, you know, even though I hadn't been feeling unwell, it was the treatment that makes you poorly. Yeah. Um, But since then, I was very fortunate, a new show on CBB started called Molly and Mac, and because of my connections with the guys in um, Children's in Glasgow, yeah. the Children's Department, who are some of the most lovely, wonderful, creative people I'd ever worked with. And I think I've been so fortunate to work in Children's mm-hmm. because I've not done a lot of other telly, mm-hmm. but I have heard that telly can be quite a hard, you know, ruthless place mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the industry and producers and you know, people being cut and, and not very nice behaviour. But honestly, see with CBBs and the people I've worked with for like, oh my God, how many years? Like 13 years or something crazy. They have been the most glorious people and they've always genuinely held the the audience, the children, in such high esteem that they they want to do such a good job. Yeah. I think that's why the shows are really successful though in long running because they're not treating the children like that they're... I'm not one to say stupid, I'm not saying that that's what people, No, but they're not playing it down to them. There's yeah, and of course, down. I think there's something, because it's not about profit, and you know, of course, you can. the BBC is a very big place, and there's lots of different, people have lots of different opinions about it, but yeah. my experience of the people I worked with in BBC Scotland, and down in Salford, the new media city, they've all been fabulous. Great. And I was very fortunate with Molly and Mac that started um, a year ago, that they thought of me for a role. I didn't have to audition, which is great, because oh. I don't think I can audition very well. <laughs> if they had auditioned me just for fun, I probably would have messed it up and not got the job. Uh, I think we might just pause just now, guys, just because um, it's a little bit louder with all the, with all the humdrum, older audience coming out from the matinee. Discussing how much they enjoyed it, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Let's hope they're not up here having a drink. Get down the stairs, guys. And we are back, and hopefully it's not too noisy for you as everybody leaves from the matinee. So, um, Katrina, if you are happy for mm-hmm. us to chat about it, when you found out that you weren't well, mm. did you have that panic of, what am I going to do with my career? Because our careers are so caught up in us being yeah. able to work at the drop of a hat sometimes. Yeah, it was a funny one. I think at first uh, it was positive because I didn't have to go rushing to tell my workplace yeah. so I could have time off or anything mm-hmm. so it meant that the initial sort of shock of it all happening because I hadn't been poorly or anything mm-hmm. it just sort of came out of nowhere um, and 
but once you know you started sort of like that the information started to settle in and then I knew I was going to have six months of chemo Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god I just was like what am I going to do? And I think naively I was like, oh, well, you know, I can, I can do voiceovers and, and there are, I can maybe do some telly. But then reality is, with the greatest will in the world, what TV company are going to insure you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. also, as I realised, the particular treatment I had, um, I got chemo every two weeks. Oh. But actually, you know, obviously it was, none of it was good, but the chemo that I had... Um, for Hodgkin's isn't as severe as other chemo's. Okay. I didn't feel I was never I never had to go to my bed. Um, I lost my hair quite slowly. Okay. So, yeah. um, but there certainly um, was a point in terms of career-wise. Um, I had to turn down Panto. I had signed up for Panto. Me and Rich, my uh, fiance, uh, we weren't fiance at the time, but we had actually managed to organise doing a Panto together. Oh no. Oh, although now I think, God, I would have killed him if we worked together. So probably it was a good thing. <laughs> but at the time, it was the beginning of the relationship. We were very uh, romantic then. Um, but yeah, we were meant to, so that was the, the job I had to f- contact. And of course, I was all worried about turning them down. Of it's course. crazy, isn't yeah. it? And my agent was like, oh my God, Katrina, yes. stop feeling bad. You're not letting anyone down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's when us as performers, yeah. like, you know, if we are ill, we think yeah. that we are letting people down. I'd, I'd really tried to think about whether I could do it, but my chemo wouldn't finish till the middle of September. And then I was going to start Panto in the November. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> but um, but I was play, I was going to be playing Beauty and Beauty and the Beast. And I thought, oh, Jesus, God, I'll have no hair. <laughs> I can't be Beauty. <laughs> yeah they can give me a wig I thought right and I'm really glad I think Rich was like right let's just have a reality check here and go it'll be fine but I was also concerned about the money Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um, and Panto as many people the performers will know is a big bread and butter thing Um, but I was very fortunate when I was in my early 20s I actually got critical illness cover god it sounds the most boring thing in the world but holy jings I'll tell you I must have I think I must have been about a month after being diagnosed and suddenly was somebody mentioned something about insurance and this little bell in the back of my head I was like hold on a minute I think I've got that <laughs> you know one of those terrible things yeah. I clearly it had been about £10 a month I'd been paying for years and I and then of course I was like oh my god do I still have the papers uh-huh. <laughs> went searching managed to find it all and oh my God, I was covered and I got a lump sum that was significant enough to cover me for that whole year. And I cannot tell you how, well, funny, how the good it felt. Absolutely. Yeah. But weirdly, I then started to feel guilty. Why? Because <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh, I'm, am I benefiting from being ill? It's weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's weird. But I kind of just like, I would, like I would do exactly this, say it out loud and yeah. say I realise. But then I, I made myself feel better by going, but I would give that money back in a heartbeat mm-hmm. if I could not have this happen. And of then course. you go, okay, I'll take that money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you didn't have to worry for a year, which yeah. for to recover from anything. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Makes the difference that yeah. you've not got any other stress. Well, not that you wouldn't have any other stress. I mean, the financial stress. Absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, I cannot imagine what that must be like, what it must be like to worry when you don't have that. Um, and obviously, people in normal 
more more normal jobs have mm-hmm. sick pay and things like that. Yeah. So I would encourage anyone that's in our business that's self-employed, freelance, you know, it's so boring, admin, but oh my God, it, it's worth it. Yeah. Just because I think you can find things, if, certainly if you start doing these things when you're younger, yeah. it doesn't cost as much. Well, and that's like a really good thing because like um, when you are younger, you should really be thinking about those things and you, you would never think about it so to have that flagged yeah. up to you when you're younger is actually really positive yeah. um, I think as well I need to double check this but I do think there is something with equity if you're an equity member you do have mind you that could just be liability insurance and I'm getting myself yeah. confused but I'm going to have a wee check and, well, that's good. and I'll let you guys know every now and then we should check the terms and conditions of all our policies absolutely <laughs> absolutely um, and I don't know how I want to ask this question because it makes it sound like I'm being really shallow, but <laughs> go for it. As an actor mm-hmm. and as an actress, mm-hmm. losing your hair, mm. how did that feel? Oh yeah, it was it was it was huge. Like I think as a female it's huge. Well funnily yeah. enough, yeah, my consultant, it was one of the first things she told me, and she told me in such a way I thought you she was super experienced and wonderful. I thought you have said that very early on, because I think it's obviously something that is uh, one of the biggest things women worry about and mm-hmm. she wanted to not be around the bush mm-hmm. so very early on she said to me you will lose your hair and I was like alright you know I said I've got really thick hair <laughs> and she's like <laughs> and like she was brilliant but she was also very headmistressy and like I kept trying like you know nervously crack jokes and she'd be yeah. like absolutely stone face going no you will lose your hair and I'm like alright that's my beauty and the beast <laughs> up this morning <laughs> I am beauty and I am beauty. Can you not give me special drugs <laughs> that make my hair gloss, glossy and gorgeous? Anyway, um, I so in terms of the well, that's it. I you really have this weird thing, and I'm sure every single woman that's been through it, because I've heard people talk about it before. Mm-hmm. That it, you think is it because I'm vain that it's so important? Because the first day. Because I was like, okay, that's fine, I'll get my hair cut. And I kind of was like embracing it. I went and got my hair cut short. Goodness, I had been, I've had long hair forever. And then I wouldn't even get a fringe cut. You know, I'd pondered getting a fringe cut for about five years and always checking out at the last minute. (laughs) And then suddenly someone tells you, you're going to lose your hair. So I went, right, I'm going to get it cut short. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really enjoyed that. And I thought, this is fine, this is fine. But the first day, a big chunk of hair comes out. Oh my God, it's horrendous. Yeah, and and that's it. You find it's is a vain thing, and I really thought about it and talked to my friends about it. And you're like, no, it is. It's an identity thing, mm-hmm. and it's a wellness thing. Yes, it's yeah. about it's your vitality. That's why we all want to have shiny hair because we all. That's why anyone puts makeup on. That's why anyone brushes their hair because we want to look well. Yeah, well is beauty. Yeah, and that makes you feel good and. So it was a, it was tough, and I uh, I did lose my hair quite slowly actually. Um, so I didn't. I f- did you do the cold cap? <clears throat> no, because it was. Here's some information for you. Because it was a blood cancer I had, they don't do cold cap because of course cold cap. The re- how it works is that it cools your capillaries really close to your hair follicle, mm-hmm. um, so that the the cake chemo doesn't go there. But because you've got blood cancer, it needs to, to go everywhere. Right, yeah. So that, because I've been like, can I please have five cold caps? <laughs> <laughs> Although, no. hearing how horrendous they are, I don't know if I could have done it anyway. But, um, but yeah, so it, it came out quite slowly. 
Um, and actually, I didn't have to shave my head till after I'd finished chemo. Wow. Because it had lasted, and I started to wear a wee hat. Um, and then after I finished chemo, it got quite thin. And actually, it was Halloween, that's right, because I made the joke that I would uh, I should go as Ripley uh, from the Alien movies. Yeah. <laughs> but then no one had a party, so it didn't happen. How rude, guys. I know. So I was Ripley in my own home. <laughs> it was a party for one. It was fabulous. Yeah. Or another suggestion was the last from Stranger Things. Oh, living. Uh, yeah. But I couldn't peel off the hospital tunic. <laughs> I couldn't do that without a bra. <laughs> That's why she's a young actress. Yes. Of course, it wasn't. Her first time was It's not going to go well. Oh, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And then afterwards, uh, I was fortunate enough to. It went well. Mm-hmm. And um, I, went, I was in remission, they sort of declared by about the October. But then the months after, they do tell you it can be hard afterwards. And I was so prepared. You know, I still consider myself quite an emotionally intelligent person. Mm-hmm. You know, I like a bit of therapy, you know, that kind of good old self-help chat. So I thought I was ready, mm-hmm. but wow, I wasn't ready. <laughs> it really just, it just shakes your bones. Yeah. Shakes the ground from under you, the mm-hmm. whole thing. And, uh, and it is kind of, what do I do now? But, you know, if there's any advice, and sadly the only advice is, keep going mm-hmm. keep going it'll get better mm-hmm. you know if you feel frightened if you feel scared well, it's any situation isn't it yeah. just keep going yeah. because time is incredible and just about the time amazingly Molly and Max started in the June the next year and I reckon about the April just before I started to feel more confident and yeah. uh, Although, you know, people would have... I spoke to people months before and nobody would know, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's only in hindsight you go, yeah. oh, I wasn't quite yeah. feeling good yet. So, it, and since then, I tell you, I don't know whether it's the new short hair. <laughs> or, Which is fabulous, guys. Well, you get out the door a bit, an hour quicker, I'll tell yeah. you. I, think yeah, I mean, it really is fabulous. Oh, thank you, Dan. Um, but things... Oh, I, I do have a, a great appreciation for things. It sounds so cheesy. But see one of my first days on set for Molly and Mac, because that's all I've wanted to do, especially because it's children's, mm-hmm. but, like, filming light, proper TV drama, it was my perfect combination. Yes. So I'd be stood on set going, oh, and people maybe be like, oh, we're hanging around for a while. Oh, and I'd honestly, I'd have to stop myself from smiling. I was so happy. Oh, it was lovely. glorious. Yeah. I, and... It was a glorious job, mm-hmm. but I certainly did feel more appreciation for any opportunity mm-hmm. to be well and to be available to work. Yeah. You know. And did it make you um, absolutely... Can, you know, because as actors, we're always doing the, am I making the right choice with doing this career? Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. the right way for me to be going? Should I be doing something else? But uh-huh. with that experience, like mm-hmm. sometimes life things happen to us and we go, yeah. oh, no, I absolutely am on Yeah, well, yeah, interesting you say that because before I started filming, um, I think I had been trying to be getting back into work for a few months and I'd been doing self tapes and just not getting it. And sometimes finding it really difficult and just, you know, some days or months you think, I don't know if this is right. And I'd actually thought, if I don't enjoy Molly and Mac, I don't, I think I might have to think about just finding something else because it's not worth the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But Thankfully, I did, did it, and you just—it's like getting into a warm bath. Yeah. You're like, I am meant to be here. Yeah. It's glorious, and you know, over the years of 
doing lots of different in-between jobs. And I think if you do a job on minimum wage mm-hmm. uh, and you also do our job, which occasionally, occasionally, you know, I say sort of rolling my eyes, can pay okay, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're like maybe a voiceover or yeah. a bit of telly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After doing a, a 40-hour week uh, on reception at a, a legal firm, Mm-hmm. I wanted to tear my own eyes yeah. out with absolute boredom. Mm-hmm. I realised how fortunate we are to have access to well-paid jobs. I just wish the the spectrum of of acting jobs were more well-paid. Yeah. But I'm in such a fortunate position to have access to those, and you know. Yeah. And and not stress about what's coming because yeah. I'm really fortunate where I am right this second. Mm-hmm. And. You know, we don't know what's going to happen work-wise, life-wise. And I think you wouldn't enjoy this career if you did worry too much about where are we going. Yeah, that's true. You know, because there's no actual ladder. That's what's so frustrating. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you think, oh, I'm getting a better job and then another better job. But we know it doesn't work like that. No, it definitely doesn't. No. Yeah, and if I think if that doesn't work for you as a person, it's probably yeah. not the right career, like not knowing where yeah. the next thing's coming or Absolutely. Whatever, or if something else is going to come, I mean, you can get the pa- panic and the fear, but actually never really, it certainly never bothers me enough that it makes me think no. about doing something else. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And, but, and I'm sure, <laughs> as yourself, as other people, I've had those times when there's been no work that mm. I've genuinely went, if there was anything else I wanted to do, oh I would have so, done it. <laughs> Believe so many times. <laughs> I'm like, could I not have wanted to have been a dentist <laughs> or a nurse? I know. Or even just, like, I'm not just a Oh, I know, I know. And it's crazy, isn't it? Because sometimes even when you're working, you can start to lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, of course, not every job is creative and wonderful. Um, But... Sometimes it's when you're not working you appreciate it more. Oh, absolutely, I and, think that's uh, true. But I think every now and then you do have to touch base with that just to remind yourself. Yeah. If we're fortunate enough, hey, we're in a fortunate position that we can declare that this is what we want to do, yeah. and you know, and still have access to the education we have, so we can go and work in reception, we can mm-hmm. go and work in a bar, um, and have access to. So, no, I do. I love on. And I don't think there's any danger of me doing anything else. Excellent. <laughs> you know, I love, I love that as we sit here in the National Theatre. Like, yes, we're here, guys. Hi. <laughs> yeah, this is my way of being. Can I put this in my CV now? Absolutely. I'm going to put mine as well. It's a two-hander. We'll give ourselves an actual name. Um, give it a name. I might ask that woman over there to review us. Yeah, she can review us. What was that? Five stars. Five. You heard it here first. <laughs> Engaging, sparkling conversation. There we go. Done. Um, so, obviously, we are a um, activism podcast yes. as well, um, and so we. I kind of just want to ask you about your kind of favourite or inspiring females in your life. Wow. They don't need to be anybody that anybody knows. Like one of mine's my gran. Yeah. And my mum, obviously. Um, yeah, so... Okay, let me think. It's um, Oh my goodness, I nearly got slightly teary as I went to say it. Um, do you know my cousin? My co- 
um, my cousin Claire, Claire McKee. I don't know if you're going to listen to this, Claire McKee, but you might now have to because I've mentioned you. <laughs> yeah. She, um, I find her so inspiring. She works with Home Start. Have you heard of Home yes, Start? Yes, I have. Yeah. Heard of Home Start, yeah. Um, and if I was one of those young women or young families in her area that get Claire come along and help her, their family find their way in the world, I'd be a, feel very fortunate indeed mm-hmm. because she's. She's so full of love and so supportive and um, and is often the glue that sort of holds our family together. And I find her really inspiring because she's also, when I was little, um, she was one of the only people, and I've got a wonderful family, mm-hmm. but she was the only one that realised that, that, that I wanted to perform a bit. Mm-hmm. So she would often say to me, I'd probably be singing near people please listen to me, please <laughs> give me some attention and bless her, she saw that and encouraged that with me and like, and I just think how amazingly perceptive mm-hmm. and she's always en- encouraged me to want to um, listen to everyone and and be good with picking up tones from people and mm-hmm. and being good with people generally she's yeah. so amazing and like when, I, when I was poorly she gave me this beautiful beautiful painting that she got um, and it's like gorgeous watercolours of like a forest but you can see the sun through the trees oh my giddy aunt absolutely just made yeah. me cry she's like and she knew the painter had drew it during tough times and oh. said they drew I'm going to cry now keep going <laughs> honestly yeah. um, and she said this was made to inspire the painter to trust that the the sun is there, it's just through the yeah. trees, just keep going, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, so I find her an inspiring person in my life because, well, she's just she's just so full of, of love for people, mm-hmm. and uh, and because of that, the best people gravitate towards yeah. her, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And. Uh, and she's got amazing children yet, so I'm not quite sure if that's, no, that's the gorgeous. direction you're I kind of wish I'd filmed it just for your cousin, just so that she can see ah. the total love <laughs> in your face when you talk about her. So, Claire, I don't know you, but know that your cousin Katrina adores you. You're awesome! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, any other females? That... What about your acting female? Anybody that really has inspired you, that you've worked with, or that you've seen at some point... I'm, try, I'm really there's an, in that way I know there's an answer in here so I really want to make it good uh, well I've worked with so many gorgeous women I want mm-hmm. to work with more gorgeous women great mm-hmm. I've worked with you have I? no we've never worked together well there's a show right there the, well this is true um, so anybody out there well the two people come to mind in terms of who I admire um, in this business and creatively mm-hmm. and funnily they're not actors actually Jemima Levick gorgeous oh yes and yes. I think you've spoken to her yes, as well yes we have yeah. she's fabulous I think I love Jemima's her passion and um, her way of interpreting things to get people excited about theatre uh-huh. and yeah. so I did uh, my romantic history with uh, Jemima a few years ago for Borderline yes and it was just so much fun and she also just she manages to create a really safe fun rehearsal room Mm -hmm. that means you properly can explore and play 
and isn't that what we all well, want? Like, th- it frustrates me that that isn't what every rehearsal room is like <laughs> uh-huh. because surely that's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just nails it and is very supportive to her actors, and and I love work, working with her. And I also I learn from her constantly. Mm-hmm. She's super clever, and it, I worked not I not worked there very often, but I met her last year in Nicola McCartney. Okay. Yes. Oh wow! I just was blown away by. How we were working at a writer's, um, was it for, it was during the festival, they did it this year. I think it's with some um, postgraduates on a writing course, possibly with Edinburgh Uni. Excuse me for not remembering exactly. Yes, I think there's a few of them. Because yes. you do one in Glasgow as well, I think there's one for there's Glasgow. One for the Playwright yeah. Studio, possibly. <clears throat> but I just, I, like, I learned so much. She had some actors in the room to help mm-hmm. um, the, the writers. And for me, like, I admire writers so much because mm-hmm. I kind of was like, oh, I wonder if I could be a writer. But I've tried, and my God, it's hard. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. I figured that out pretty quickly. But I can read a script and I mm-hmm. can tell when something's not quite right and I can sort of, I can help with pointing the right direction. I can see what's not working there, but yeah. I don't know how to fix things. Yeah. Um, and I can tell when something's great I mean, something is not right, but the way she explained to these writers about how to how to make their their lines come off the page and and how she was so supportive of them as well and treated them all equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people were more talented than others, shall we say? Yeah. And she treated them all with such respect. And and I also was sitting around this table and the. And in terms of uh, intellectually, I was blown away. I, yeah. was, I wish I'd take, been taking notes myself because like, there was some good stuff. <laughs> That's a nugget. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and and also with that little project I did with them, um, I got I felt really I really enjoyed what I did. I got to do some yeah. stuff. So I love um, these projects that are like workshopping new stuff. Yeah. Because I think as actors, we want to be acting. Mm-hmm. And we realise that there's maybe not enough jobs for us to be acting all the time. Mm-hmm. So let's go and do some acting for things that aren't uh, actually officially on stage yeah. or um, being performed in a big production. Yeah, Some of them are the most fulfilling, actually, because yeah. you find beautiful moments with people that you're yes. working with. Yeah. And, you know, like, like in a good rehearsal room, when the mm. pressure's off, you know, the great things can happen. Mm-hmm. So I really loved working with Nicola McCartney and, um, and I love Heritage as well. So I love her stuff. Oh, and, of course, oh my goodness, I'm about to forget the name. Uh, the play that was on in the Fringe this year, How Not to Drown. How Not to Drown. Oh yes. my goodness, that was great. Yes. And how fantastic, right? We had the team, the girl team, the creative oh, really? team, uh, do one of our podcasts, our festival yeah. podcast. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a great show. And yes. the fact that she, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the actor, writer's name. We can add it in. I, it's yes. also gone from my mind I know, too. I apologise. That uh, Nicola was with him mm-hmm. in, a, in a very sort of uh, a, a lovely way that there was no, I imagine, no ego involved. Yeah. Which I think um, is very refreshing and shows that, that she's a writer with fantastic intentions and is about discovery and about genuinely change as well. Mm. But, you know, I think she is interested in the care system and mm-hmm. in this country and sort of, like, putting a spotlight on that. Mm-hmm. So she actually has um, some ethical sort of yeah. aims as aims well. Aims as well, yeah. So, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, so also with um, being an actor and your similar ages with myself. Yes. Yay. So young. Um, I know, we're so young. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously with getting older in this industry and things changing, where would you like to see the industry with a how it treats our females within the next kind of 10, 15 years? Yeah. Um, well, certainly... I would love to see more things, more uh, theatre and more TV Mm -hmm. written about women and about women's lives that aren't focused around a guy. And the thing is, there's a lot of good stuff on telly the now that is female focused with Sarah Lancashire the now. That's the the accident. accident. I haven't started it yet. It's good. And and of course, your Olivia Coleman. And uh, but my concern, uh, Susan, no, not Susan. Oh, she used to be in Corey. I'm really not good. Saran Jones. Yes, Saran. That's where I was going wrong. Saran Jones. But I do tend to feel that it's um, often has to be these big names that mm-hmm. get a chance. We're probably sort of going over old ground here. No, but, it's, but, but that's, it, what, that's part yeah. of the thing as well. So we think there's people. lots more out there, but actually there's not mm-hmm. because you've still got all your sort of cop dramas that are very much male-focused. But one of my things going forward, I think, would be is I'm all right if I don't get to be Sarah Lancashire or Sarah and Jones. These people are probably younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying when I'm older... <laughs> I think Sarah Lancashire definitely is older. Oh, right. You're right. I don't know if it's Sarah Jones, so you could No, I think she might be similar ages, possibly. But um, one thing that annoys me about the sort of smaller roles is that I think they're very... There's not much... In the supporting cast, there's not often decent roles uh, for women. And I think that's the sort of... The chances are that's where I'll fall in... Uh, and I think I'm coming to this because specifically one of my bugbears is period drama. Yeah. Period drama. If you're a woman with a chest over the size of a 34A, you will not get cast unless you are busty bar women or prostitute. Yes. Amen, sister. Yes. <laughs> and I think that reduces the... Honestly, and I'm absolutely... I'm, uh, getting annoyed at this now because I'm thinking about it um, I think that holds a lot of women back from getting more opportunities mm-hmm. just like I say just to have small parts mm-hmm. because there's such a a tunnel, vig- a vig- tunnel vision of what women should look like yes. and this is highlighted when you do period drama if you are um, of wealth Mm-hmm. you've got small breasts and don't get me wrong my small breasted friends <laughs> do you know what yeah. of course because you know it's not it's not about that it's about the fact that this is somebody else's somebody else is telling us this is what women should look like Absolutely. it's the stereotypes of not seeing it's the stereotypes of not seeing the truth of life on screen yes. or stage yeah yeah so therefore because of that now if you come on screen with quite a big bust that is saying something about your character Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is crazy yeah rather than just I've got big boobs I can't do much about them they're just there I know I know so I find that I've tried guys and they're just getting bigger (laughs) (laughs) and I strap them down it just makes me look more round (laughs) you know 
thinking spin-off. Um yeah, so that's something I often go, oh, hello, here's yeah. something on the telly. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can spot anyone with... And it's that's... I wonder if that's because it's coming from maybe dialing back to these things that we're, TV producers are doing now mm-hmm. because they always have done it that way. Yeah. And maybe, you know, because I think now there's a lot of um, people definitely striving to sort of be more... Oh, represent life as it is yeah. on screen. Mm-hmm. But I think we're still sort of falling into the, the traps of what we did before. Yeah. And it needs somebody to point a light at that and say, hello, excuse me, yeah. can you just have a look at that? Because yes. it's that, you're like, come on now, there were people. And like, it's even about size, but then it's, you know, generally, I suppose that's a whole other podcast. I mean, yeah, the size thing is a whole other podcast, but it's really interesting because when I was talking to Callie the other day, mm. we were, and I asked her about the breakdowns that she gets, ah, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, can you tell me how many breakdowns do you get in for women, attractive, slim, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And she's like, yeah, they do come in and... She, she kind of said to herself to me she's like I think I've put a filter on that because I'm looking for the best person for the job so I don't care what size they are Okay. And I was like that's amazing but then after we finished the podcast <laughs> I'm sure she won't mind me saying this and we were up chatting um, with Eliza her assistant and Eliza just went oh yeah skinny beautiful attractive sexy skinny skinny (laughs) (laughs) and I was just like but then also to be fair to our male counterparts Mm. she's like and now men get it as well it's like rugged handsome yes yeah yeah also as Kellyanne and I both said in actual life Mm. is it only skinny people that have sex I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I know. like, we're not being representative to our viewers. I know. And I think that's something that definitely needs to be changed. And I think oh, it's... Oh, my God, totally. Well, it's, if you take it to the extreme with your, like, your towies mm-hmm. and, um, and young, you know, people of the world watching these things thinking that's what you should look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, what it like, my niece is 14 and sometimes I yeah. worry um, about the stresses and the sort of pressures that they have and and also the world of Snapchat filters. Oh, I know. I sometimes am concerned they don't want to see pictures of what they actually look like because they're being taught that that's not good enough. Yeah. What's that going to lead to? Do you know what I mean? I know. That we all look like this cartoon with sort of like painted on eyeliner. Mm -hmm. I do have eyeliner on today. But it looks much better through a Snapchat filter. But that's a filter. And it's just, yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's the same with if we're showing drama Mm -hmm. and of course there's a place in the world for your, um, the Kardashians and things like that. But we've got to balance that out and show young people what the world looks like. Exactly. That's why we should have representation from all ethnicities, from people around the world, from all different social backgrounds. Because if you can't, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Snaps to Katrina. Do you know? Hey, I was. No, no, totally. You're so grateful. I was thinking about something similar. Sorry, I'm going off on a slight no, tangent. Don't, I love tangents. Because I was thinking before I came to meet you, I was thinking about you know what we're going to be chatting about and it made me think about when I went to drama school mm-hmm. when I was looking at prospectuses mm-hmm. prospecti 
as plural. purchases? I'm not sure. <laughs> Singular plural, not sure. We might look like scientists, guys. But, you know. The prospecti. <laughs> I looked at more than one. <laughs> and uh, I looked at um, RSAMD, mm-hmm. which is now the conservatoire. Mm-hmm. And I'm from a working class background in a small town. Yeah. And I felt that it was too... It, it was on a pedestal it was yeah. a bit and of course it, I know a lot of my friends went there and it's yeah. a great place yeah. but there was that thing for me I looked at that prospectus and it wasn't aimed at me you didn't feel included in it? no Yeah. because I remember reading the page of all the alumni mm-hmm. and just thinking oh no because it was trying of course to seem grand and esteemed and you're going to want to come here because it's so amazing mm-hmm. but actually what they did was make it seem too aloof mm-hmm. for me certainly and I thought that's why I was attracted to Queen Margaret. Yeah. Because it was a uni sorry. It was a college. <laughs> it was not a university. But there was nurses there, there yeah. was tourism and sport and leisure and and because for me, I thought actors were like posh people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's a big thing. Isn't and I it? and I didn't know any posh people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you think that you can't do that because yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's about if I had seen it, mm-hmm. if I knew, because I didn't know any actors around my area, mm-hmm. there wasn't any theatres very close in Dumfries and Galloway, um, so I didn't go to the theatre very yeah. much. So I just thought that's other. So yeah. it's, you know, yeah. so I'm a big fan of. I understand. I get the representation thing. It needs to get put out far yeah. more so that all people from our society experience it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to ask you one last question. Okay. And I'm going to ask you what persistent and nasty means to you. Ooh. And I'll explain why we're called persistent okay, and yeah. nasty. Those of you that are long-term listeners will know this spiel that is about to come, but hey-ho. <laughs> um, so we called yourself persistent and nasty after the quote, nevertheless, she persisted. Mm-hmm. And then nasty, because during the 2000 and God, 2016 election in the US, mm-hmm. Trump called Hillary a oh, nasty woman yeah. because she dared to give him actual facts during the debate. <laughs> you know. um, so there was then a whole hashtag on Twitter, well if that's that then I am definitely a nasty woman. So it's about reclaiming those words and taking them back and giving them power. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about being quote unquote you're a nasty person, mm-hmm. it's about knowing your strength so well yeah so okay what does, what does persistent it mean? What does it nasty mean, mean to me um well let me sort of think out loud well yeah, it's well it's telling I will do for it <laughs> right here in the National Theatre <laughs> um well for me it means telling the truth mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. and telling the truth in a way that people might not like it, but you have to tell your truth. Oh my goodness, uh, give, me a, give me a soapbox and I'm off. Um, no, do it. You have to tell your truth because nothing will... And this is sort of like, you know, for anything in your life, in my life, um, if you don't tell your truth, nothing will improve, nothing is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes when I speak to different people and hear things and I can tell that they censor themselves be that at work or in relationships and say oh no I didn't I didn't tell them that's how I felt because I didn't want to cause an argument or upset and that for me I find baffling and I'm glad I find that baffling because I wish people 
could be confident enough to express themselves and feel that they should be heard mm-hmm. and and that everyone's got the hope that they should be happy. I don't think, I can't understand how people can ever find contentment and peace if, if they've not expressed how they feel about something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you see where I'm going yeah. with that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh-huh. Stream of consciousness right yeah. there. But, yeah. Because I also take that into work when it comes to rehearsals. Mm-hmm. If something's bothering you, if something, if you absolutely have the right to express yourself, yeah. um, and that's um, and it doesn't have to be a controversial point. Yeah. You know, I've, I was when I was at school, I was the annoying kid for the teachers that always had their hand up because mm-hmm. I wanted to know the answer, and I didn't feel. And I, I, I don't know. This must just be within me. I don't know where it came from. I didn't feel embarrassed about not knowing. Yeah. So I would ask the question. And how beautiful is that? Not to feel embarrassed about yeah. not knowing. I know. More people need to do I know. that. And if I, we all open ourselves up a little bit more. Exactly. We don't have to pretend we don't. We, uh, we don't have to pretend we know everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I must admit it's hard to keep that. Mm-hmm. I think maybe when I was younger, I was more naively okay with that. But yeah, so be persistent. If you don't understand, keep asking. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Katrina. So oh, lovely. it's been lovely to thank see you, you, my dear. Thank you. Um, that's us finished, guys. And as always, stay nasty.